0: Hi everybody, this is Charlie Guarino. Welcome to another edition of Tech Talk SMB. In today's podcast, I am so happy to be sitting here with a, a very good friend who's also a trainer, consultant, and a speaker who works with organizations and individuals who, to help them grow their businesses through referrals and who want to unleash the power of LinkedIn and networking. I'm talking about a good friend of mine, Beth Granger. Beth, it's a real treat to um, to be sitting here with you today. You've been working with LinkedIn for quite some time. And I know in fact that you, um, you are a beta tester now for some of their latest features and their newsletters, things like that, LinkedIn Live, and more recently LinkedIn Audio Events. But first of all, hello Beth, how are you?
1: <laughs> Hi, great to be here.
0: Thanks, thanks. Beth, we talk about LinkedIn and anybody who, who thinks about LinkedIn, I think they think they go back to their original first interaction with LinkedIn. And what that is, I think was just a job hunting site, a job referral site, things like that. But those were back in the olden days of LinkedIn, because I think it's so much more today. And I I would like to talk to you about LinkedIn. I I, I do use LinkedIn as a professional tool in my industry in it, but I think there are many points that, uh, are worth sharing for any for any industry and then we'll, we'll talk about more about IT in, in particular as well but tell me about the history of linkedin or maybe maybe what, what you've seen how how it's grown through the years how we got to where we are today
1: sure well yes you're right it started when i first got on i think it was 2007 i thought of it as just a place you put your resume up there and you know use it as a a site to look for jobs or or get jobs and it's changed in two ways. So it's changed because of things that LinkedIn has done. And it's changed because the users, in many ways, get to decide how they use it. So that has changed. And I really like both of those things. So LinkedIn will offer new features and people will use them or they won't. And and then, especially in the past two years, for instance, the world has become more, um, I won't say casual, but we've allowed our lives to blur into our working lives a little bit. And
0: so there, there's more um, conversation happening on the platform. So LinkedIn really had to do that to keep up with the current environment of, of life, I guess.
1: I don't know if they did it, but the users did it in terms of the features. Yes. Like, offering uh, LinkedIn audio where you can have com- audio conversations and LinkedIn live and features that they have. And, and even sales navigator, which is a version, right. Of course, of LinkedIn that people can use as a sales tool. So really it, it works as a sales tool and networking tool. Yes. Still a job search tool or finding people to hire. Um, and it's amazing because it's global. So I like to think of it as a 24 seven Networking opportunity.
0: Why do you think networking is so? I mean, I mean, I think I have, I know why, but why? I like to hear your perspective on it. Why is networking so important? Why should we not be living in a silo?
1: <laughs> well, I, I can only speak from my experience. But uh, thir- almost thirteen years ago, I thought I was looking for a new job, and my life insurance agent said, "Oh, come to my networking group." And at the time, I said, "What's a networking group?" And at the same time, I started to get heavily involved in social media. At the time, it was really more Twitter than LinkedIn. But that opened up worlds and communities of people that I didn't know. You know, yes, I live in the New York City area. And so there are people with my interest practically on every street kind of thing. But imagine being somebody in the middle of a small town in wherever, and you can find your community, people who are interested in the same things as you, people who care about the same things as you. It's it's a wonderful thing, and it can lead to jobs and friendships, and um, honestly, even save a life, which is a story for another day.
0: Well, actually, that that what you say right there, as far as uh, people in your community, you know, interestingly, how you and I became friends. You know, I I never would have known that we only lived fifteen miles or less from each other, yet we met together at a professional networking organization in Manhattan, and through that, we 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 become friends, and that's how I learned about what you do and things like that. And, but it just goes to show you the power of these, these tools that are out there for us today.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's global. So it's, it's wonderful. I was just on the phone the other day with a friend of mine from Australia. How wonderful is that, that, that you can expand your, your life and your career because of the, these tools that we have.
0: Which, which really in my view has truly lowered the barriers of communication between anybody you know a term i like to think about all the time is how uh, how egalitarian this really has made the world in that it gives us access without a lot of barriers access to some of the top experts in the world people who we would never even know how how to reach out to these people if they're on linkedin we can send them a message and here we go And, and and they may or may not respond obviously but how it, how the, the, the world, the, the walls of the world have just come down. A hundred percent. You've seen that happen time and time again. Yes. Yes. It's,
1: it's, it's amazing. It's, you never know the conversations that you'll be part of and the people that you'll meet and the people that will meet you.
0: You know, one thing I, I'd like to talk about this is one thing that I, I find a lot of value using LinkedIn is professional groups. Now, in my industry, you know, in, in IBM, I specifically, there are several IBM I professional groups. But there, I imagine, you know, every industry has its own. Tell me about that. How you how you see people get real value out of those?
1: Yeah, groups are a little tricky on LinkedIn, and I'll tell you why. Some of them are kind of dead to the world, if you will. They're they're just not very active. People share posts, but they never go there and engage in the posts that people have. When you get a group that is very active, it's it can be amazing, and I'm involved in some that are very active, and that's conversations are happening and people are collaborating, and it's just a, a place to, a place to meet, if you will.
0: Yeah, you know, we started our conversation, Beth, with some of the things like like LinkedIn is so much more than just a job posting site, and we we threw a couple of terms out like LinkedIn Live and. LinkedIn audio events. What are what are they? You know how and how can I use them to help to help learn about my own myself maybe and my career and and my and my industry. How would I use some of these tools on LinkedIn?
1: Oh, well, they're wonderful. First of all, there's so many, and I would say the the top three that people may or may not know about are LinkedIn Live, LinkedIn audio, and newsletters. So LinkedIn Live is imagine a Zoom meeting but live on. LinkedIn. It's where you can you can interview someone. You can talk live on camera about anything you want. And um, when I started using it, I used it as an interview platform. So kind of what you're doing here with your podcast. I would have people on and interview them about what they do. But people use it all different ways. So it's just a wonderful way to get in front of your your network and people you don't know. So by default all LinkedIn lives and LinkedIn audios are open to the public. So you, you can't have a private one. So anybody can join these conversations. LinkedIn audio is newer and it's um, imagine clubhouse on LinkedIn is, is the best way to describe it. So it's an audio only conversation and they're fun. They're the power of conversation is so real. You, you really get to know people and you can, even if you're not hosting the event, if you're just part of the event, You're part of that conversation. You can get to know the other people who are there participating. So it has a lot of potential. And newsletters, it's kind of like a blog that you have on LinkedIn and people can subscribe to it. And what's great about that is they get notified every time you publish a new one.
0: I think once you're in these groups, I think you can derive real benefit from these. But I guess my my question then is how do I know somebody's publishing a newsletter? How do I know that there's going to be a LinkedIn audio event?
1: Yeah. And and that is a little tricky. I I will say the the invite feature is a little, um, it's not what it could be. I'll say that for the audio events and the lives. But so the way to find it is you can either be invited or you can, sometimes you'll see it in your um, on the network my network page underneath where incoming invites come in it'll show you some suggested linkedin lives or audio events with newsletters what's really wonderful is on your very first publish it will invite all of your connections and all of your followers to subscribe
0: so just to clarify then is there a difference between a post and a newsletter, are they the same thing?
1: No, they're different. So a post has a character limit for one thing, and then there's an algorithm that um, will decide what percent of your network will see it in their feed. A newsletter is longer. It's more like an article, you know, the article feature on LinkedIn, but that people can, can subscribe to. So it's like blogging. And on the very first one that you publish, it will invite your entire network, anyone who's connected with you and anyone who follows you to subscribe. And then they will be notified each subsequent time that you
0: write a newsletter. So does it behoove me to look at some of my existing connections to see who might be pushing out content like that to see if they're pushing out articles or or newsletters?
1: Absolutely. And you can... Feature your newsletter. So the featured section, I'm not sure everybody might not be aware of it. It's a section that kind of allows you to pin things you want people to see towards the top of your profile. And if you have a newsletter, you can essentially pin it there and people who visit your profile can just click on subscribe and and see that you have that.
0: So so the term to me, newsletter and article, have have two different meanings. To me, I think, and I could be wrong, but to me, an article is maybe a one-off, a one-time thing versus a newsletter, which to me suggests to me some kind of recurring thing. Is that true? Correct.
1: When you sign up to do a newsletter, you put in whether you're going to do it monthly or weekly or biweekly. Although I think I put I'm going to do it monthly and I haven't done it monthly. I do it whenever I feel like it. Um, one thing to note, though, some of these features are only accessible if you have creator mode turned on. And some people don't know what creator mode is. So that's a different version of your profile, if you will. And if you turn it on, you immediately have access to newsletters and LinkedIn Live. And, but there are pros and cons. So if you're looking to grow your network, you might not want to turn that on. If you already have a really strong network and you're looking to build an audience, then you might want to turn it on. Yeah,
0: you know, there have been a couple of times when uh, a window has popped up while using while I was using LinkedIn and it says, do you want to go into a mode? I think that's what it said, something to that effect. And I I've, I think I've always said no, but maybe I should look at it, you know, I should revisit this.
1: Well, the, the key thing, so yes, it gives you access to these features if you turn it on. It changes your profile slightly where it brings your activity section up. So people see your content more. The one thing that it does that is a reason people might not want to do it is if it forces the button on your profile for someone who doesn't know you yet or isn't connected with you yet to be follow and not connect. So if somebody wants to connect with you, they have to know how to do that. Not everybody does.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Okay. And and it also suggests to me that if you're going to be in creator mode, that you need to be a creator. You need to push out more content. Is there there a commitment expectation at that point?
1: So not from them, but yes, it it is designed for people who share a lot of content.
0: Right. So your connections have, at that point, they they have increased expectations of what they're going to be getting from you, I would think.
1: No. Well, because they don't know. It's not like they get a notification you're in creator mode, and some people don't even know what it is. Okay. if you go to somebody's profile, for instance, and you see five up to five hashtags under their headline, under the, what's under their name, that they're in creator mode. But some people might not even realize that it's not different enough that people would realize.
0: I wanted to get your opinion on this, Beth. You know, one, one thing I, I see often on LinkedIn specifically is posts that seem or might have seemed in the past maybe inappropriate. And I don't, I don't mean, in a, in a negative way, but just things that, that seem more social and and not, you know, and, and maybe, you know, less professional, you know, where, where, where I mean, the, the, the lines to me have kind of gotten blurred between what's professional and social. And then you know, many times you'll see somebody put a comment on that same post saying, hey, I thought this was more of a professional site. Um, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, are, are those appropriate things to put on LinkedIn?
1: So I think they are but the key is the authenticity of it. If somebody is doing a post trying to so- show their something emotional or their softer side in an effort to get attention, that's going to come through and people are going to realize that. If somebody's sharing something and and what I like to say is you can share personal but not private. So a personal story, something you observe, something that happened in your life and I the way I choose to do it is connect it typically to something in business, but you don't have to. And, and that's part of what I think the pandemic has taught us that, you know, you, you can't separate your life from your working life hundred percent. And um, it just, I, I like to say, imagine LinkedIn is like a networking meeting, right? Imagine you're in a group of people live. And when you first meet somebody, What are you talking about? You're talking about, oh, where do you live? How many kids do you have? You know, what do you do in your free time? So that's the personal part. You're not going to necessarily start by saying, this is what I do for a living.
0: So it really is a reflection on how work, professional lives have changed. Maybe over the pandemic, perhaps that might have, you know, accelerated this. But I think it's more, it's, it's a reflection of just where our culture has gone, perhaps.
1: I agree.
0: 100%. Interesting. Um, one of the things that we talked about, Beth, was uh, a what to say certified guide, or uh, am I even saying that correctly? Exactly what to say certified guide. What is that? And tell me more about that.
1: Yes. Yes. That's something new that I'm, that I am now one of those and exactly what to say certified guide. It's based on the work of Phil M. Jones, who's a brilliant speaker, business person, and he has a book, Exactly What to Say. And He's invited a number of people to become guides. And what that means is we can use this work in our, what we already do. We can use it in new ways. And it's all about magic words for influence and impact in critical conversations. So those conversations might be in business, in sales, in leadership, and in life and different guides are using it in different ways.
0: So I, so that, by having a certification means that you've 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 uh, you've come into the proper level of training or certification that you that you've reached a, a level of expertise in in this in this philosophy or this 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 what is it exactly? Tell me more about it.
1: Uh, oh, how to describe it? It's it is a way of thinking, a way of um, a set of words and a set of um, ways to communicate more impactfully. And I wouldn't say I'm an expert yet because I'm just starting with this, but I am a guide. I can guide people through, through a workshop, through using these, these phrases in their lives. And the way I'm starting is I already talked to people about how to say things on LinkedIn. So I'm just going to be doing more of that.
0: Okay. So I want to now put a real pointed question to you, and that is about reputation on LinkedIn. Because I have read people, peers, connections, and people who I might have wanted to connect to. And after I read some of their posts, I've decided that I don't want to connect with them. So what what are some of the dangers or pitfalls, I suppose, of things you should think about before you start just put it out in the ethers of the uh, the world?
1: Yeah. And just like I said, imagine you're at um, a networking meeting or some kind of event. It's the same thing for behavior on LinkedIn. So any behavior you're going to take or anything you're going to say, think about if I was with somebody in person, would I do that same thing? So for instance, the most frustrating thing, the thing people hate the most on LinkedIn is the dreaded connect and pitch. And that's where you connect with somebody typically that you don't know well. And the next thing that happens is you get a sales pitch in your inbox and people hate that. So those kind of things can damage your reputation if you do them. And being too pushy, too salesy, nobody likes that.
0: Right. Taking advantage of a situation that you might not have because like, otherwise the opportunity may not, may not may not have been there to begin with. And now you're taking advantage of that relationship. Exactly. And I have also seen some pretty heated conversations going around in the comments. What what would be the worst thing or the worst time to think about putting something out on LinkedIn? Is there a is there a um let twenty four hours pass before you post anything, or yeah. <laughs> what should I do? But you know, do I, do I quickly engage into a conversation that that might you know that might be heated and maybe you know divisive? You know, what, what what have you seen and what do you think about that?
1: Well, it's funny because the the first part of an exactly what to say workshop is talking about that the worst time to think about what you're saying is when you're saying it. So so yes, there. There are certainly less heated conversations on LinkedIn than on other social media platforms because because it's your business and your business reputation at stake. Whereas you might immediately say whatever you think on Twitter, people do tend to think a little bit more before they post or respond on LinkedIn. And I do think in some of those heated conversations, it may be, first of all, I, I can't imagine that some of these people don't care that who sees what they're saying but it could also be fake accounts. So there are fake accounts on LinkedIn, nowhere near as many as on other social media platforms. But, you know, I almost wonder, are there, are there people looking for those conversations to try to stir up trouble?
0: Okay. Well, I gotta tell you, Beth, I, I've been using LinkedIn, well, using, I, I've been using, I've been participating, I've been, you know, uh, you know on, on the platform for many, many years now. And I also know one thing that I am very proud of, actually, are my recommendations that, that I give out and also that I received. And is it rude for me to broadcast my recommendations that that I've received or even given to other people? Is that is that does that does that cross the lines of social, of social etiquette? Social etiquette, of course.
1: Um, no, I don't think it is. In fact, I got one an unsolicited uh, recommendation from someone in my world who does what I do, but slightly differently. And I was so honored that I'm get, I'm thinking of sharing that maybe not today, maybe another day, but, and I don't do it all the time. What I, what I'll do is maybe because I like alliteration, maybe on a Tuesday or a Thursday, I'll do something like testimonial Tuesday and I'll, and I'll share how honored I was to receive this recommendation. Plus it lives on your profile so people can see it if they happen
0: to visit. That's completely true. So let's start wrapping this up, Beth. But before I do, I mean, I I want to just give you the floor just for a a minute or a a, a small amount of time. What are your final thoughts or your thoughts that you you think as somebody who's an expert on this platform should really know? What's a good takeaway for us?
1: A good takeaway is really what I've said before, is to think of it as if you're at a live meeting and... It's a wonderful opportunity to join conversations that are already happening, to start conversations, to share your thought leadership, to support your network, and it's worth spending some time there.
0: That's good advice. That does a <laughs> that's a world of advice. You know that that short, succinct message you just gave us really packs a lot of uh, a lot of good meaning into it. Uh, for anybody else who, if you want to learn more about Beth, I encourage you to visit her site, Bethgranger.com. And uh, I can tell you that, uh, just to repeat what I said at the very beginning, Beth is a friend and somebody who I trust and really has taken LinkedIn and all facets of it to a new level. And I think anybody who associates with her, uh, I encourage you to reach out to her, connect with her. And I think you'll you'll be um, high, highly rewarded for the for doing that. LinkedIn for me is a great educational tool. It's a, it's a great community that I belong to. And um, we've been saying it over and over again. It, it just, it, 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 it has really made the world such a small place to be in. Is that, is that a good uh, summation? I love it. Yes. <laughs> so Beth, I want to thank you so much for your time today. It really was um it was such a, a great treat to speak to you again and to see you and, all that. And I want to thank everybody for your time today and joining our podcast, listening to this. Do visit otherthingsintechchannel.com. You'll see that they have a, a whole selection of other podcasts and great articles and great content as well. So I encourage you to do that as well. Beth, I will see you either in person or virtually once again down the road.
1: Absolutely. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. Bye now.